All right. What's going on, Faith Church? Hey, you know it's going to be a good year at Faith Church when we start with some Steve Miller Band. What? Hey, listen, it's good to see you guys. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor here. If this is your first time, I want you to know, man, we're glad that you're here. Excited for what God's going to do 2019. It's a new year. It's a new year. Listen, I know Pastor Ronnie said it. I want you to hear from me as the lead pastor. Uh, man, we start every year um, with the time of prayer and fasting because we believe that we're more than just an eclectic group of people who show up in a building on Sunday morning. We're faith, we're faith family. We're doing this thing together. We're serving together. We're loving together, trying to impact the community together. And we can't do that in our own strength. We believe that God's called us and ordained us and he's using us. Come on, somebody. And so what fasting is, if you're new to it, if you're new to a spiritual journey, fasting does a couple things. Um, number one, it's a way to say no to yourself. Because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes we can become very dependent on lots of things, and we're not good at telling ourselves no. And sometimes we say yes to things that we want in the moment but are bad for us later. So fasting basically is taking some time and just not eating, just a very essential thing. It's a way of saying no to yourself, and it's a way of pulling extra time to spend with God. So I would just ask and challenge you, if this is home base, if this is your faith family, that over the next 21 days, beginning tomorrow from January 7th through January 27th, that you join us together. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to fast. We're going to believe him to do some incredible things in our lives personally. And we're going to believe God to do some great things in our church corporately in 2019. How many people are ready for a great year? So get on board with us. You can track us on social media. Go to the website. You can find some stuff that will help you every day and encourage you on that journey. It's different for everybody. If you fast a meal a week, fast a meal a day, whatever you feel like God's called you to, let's just especially spend extra time together just going after God and believing for big things in 2019. Well, listen, have you guys ever noticed really how many planes are in the sky? I mean, it's crazy when you look up. One of the coolest things I found out that an iPhone could do when I first got one is that you can ask Siri, hey, Siri, what planes are in the sky? What planes are overhead? And some of you have done this. Don't do this now, Siri. Don't do it now. But like Siri will lock in and will tell you all the planes, all the flights that are directly overhead, what direction to look, what flight they are, their flight number, where they're headed. It's kind of cool. Flights everywhere. In fact, at any given moment, there are 10 to 15,000 flights in the sky. In 2018, 5 b -b billion people were passengers on commercial airliners. I mean, man, that's a lot of people flying. That's almost, that's almost a passenger for every person on the planet. Lots of people flying, taking flights, lots of planes in the sky. How many of you here have never flown? You've never flown. So here, don't feel bad. I didn't fly. Now I've had the privilege to fly all over the world, but I didn't take my first flight until I was probably 26, 27 years old. And here's the thing. I need to tell you this for all of you who have not flown in case you get the chance to fly. Like there are insider secrets nobody will tell you. There's stuff you need to figure out. It's not as intuitive as you think. Like, well, I'm just going to show up and get on a plane. There's some stuff you need to know. Like, there are special times to buy tickets. You can get a better rate if you know. There are better airports to fly out of. Like Huntsville, you may not know, this is one of the most expensive airports in the nation to fly out of. I mean, if you've got lots of money, if you got it like that, fly out of Huntsville. Um, there are ways that you can check into an airport. TSA, the first time I went through a TSA checkpoint, like, I thought I was being, you know, hashtag me too, baby. I mean, like, wait, what's going on here? I just want to get on a plane. Like, this is not a date. I don't roll like that no more. I'm saved. Thank you. So, I mean, lots of things that you don't know and nobody tells you. You just got to kind of figure out. 
The very first flight I ever took, nobody told me this. I didn't know this. And I made a, a pretty, big, pretty big mistake. So some of you who fly, you know this. If you have a connecting flight, when you get on your second or third leg, you have new seat assignments. Well, I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. So I thought you were the same seat all the way through. So I got on my first flight, and I was like 13D. So I got off uh, on my connecting flight, got on my new plane, and walked to 13D. I thought I was 13D for the whole trip. And when I got to 13D, there was this elderly couple sitting in my seat. So I just walked up and said, excuse me, sir, madam, it would appear you're in my seat. And so they looked at me and, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I could take them both and they knew it. <laughs> so they moved. And I just thought, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't mean about it. <laughs> like, it's not like I was like, yo, you better move. <laughs> I mean, I just said, I think you're in my seat. And so they moved and after they moved, I'm getting settled in. I'm putting my stuff away, and I pulled out my boarding pass, and I was like, well, I was 13D on the last flight. Like, I'm 14F on this flight. You know, something totally different. But I was so embarrassed at that point, like, I just wouldn't even look at them the rest of the flight because they knew I punked them out of their seats. It was horrible. But those are insider secrets that you need to know when you travel. And here's why I'm talking about flights and passengers is because a lot of things that are that deal with flights and travel are very symbolic of our spiritual journey. In fact, today we're starting a brand new series entitled 767. And through this series over the next several weeks, we're going to look at the life of a guy by the name of Abraham. We're going to look at some things that happened in his life and going to take some cues from his life and look at how those things fit in our life together. Because ultimately, here's what I believe for all of us in this room, is that God has something incredible for us in 2000. In 19, that God has us on a journey, that we're not there yet, we're in process, that God wants you to experience some incredible things that you've never experienced before, that God wants to do great things to you, in you, and through you, that God wants to do some stuff for you, that God wants to change your life in some incredible ways, but God is going to do that through a process of a journey. Anybody here ready for 2019 and what God wants to do in our lives? So, this guy by the name of Abraham, he's, he's pretty important if you're, again, new to spiritual things. This guy, Abraham, let me tell you about him. Abraham is revered in three major world religions, in Christianity, in Judaism, in Islam. Abraham is this guy who was the founder of the nation of Israel. It was through this one man that the nation of Israel was born. Abraham is mentioned, his name is mentioned over 300 times in the Old Testament. I mean, if you just open up the Bible over and over and over, this guy Abraham is mentioned because he holds significance and importance. In fact, he holds kind of the undisputed title, if you will, of the father of the faith. Like he's this guy that we can take cues from, that we can learn from. In fact, he's so important. Here's, here's why physically, again, it was with this one man that God birthed the nation of Israel, and ultimately out of the nation of Israel, out of that family lineage, that Jesus Christ, the Messiah and the Savior of the world was born. So Jesus, it started with Abraham that through the family lineage, Jesus was born. But even more importantly, I think, or at least as important physically, is that here's why it's important this guy 3,500 years later, is that for all of us in this room, he's an example of what faith is. Like, what is faith? Like, what does it mean to have faith, to live by faith? The guy who wrote the book of Hebrews trying to describe to us today, like, what is faith? What does it look like? What does it mean? 
He allowed more space in his letter to Abraham than anybody else. Jesus talked about Abraham and his faith. Paul talked about this guy by the name of Abraham. In fact, over and over, it says this in the New Testament, and here's what you need to hear. Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Everybody say that. Abraham believed God. Like, what is faith? Faith is simply just saying, like, I just believe God. Like, I just believe his way's better. I believe his way's higher. Even though it may not feel like it in the moment, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to do things his way instead of my way. I'm going to follow his path instead of my path. Do you know why? Because it may not make sense. My friends may not agree with it. The world I live in may not co-sign it. But I believe God. That's what faith is, is to do things God's way and just to trust him. And so this guy, Abraham, he's important to us because we learn what our life should be like and what God can do in and with our life if we'll let him. And so what we want to do today is I want to just take us on a journey on the front part of his life as we start this series. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis 12, digital devices, paper versions, or we can look at the Sky Bible. Genesis chapter 12, let's read this together. Because what we're going to find right here is that the life of Abraham, his journey starts with a departure. Wheels up, baby. He starts his journey with a departure. Check it out. Says the Lord had said to Abram, just stop real quick. Abram, his name early on is Abram. He have, God eventually does so much radical stuff in his life that God changes his name. I want you to know this. Listen, you may not even believe this yet, but God can do some stuff so crazy in and through your life that you won't be recognized, that you'll have a new name, a new identity, and a new personality because if you'll let God move. And so God did so much radical stuff in this guy's life because he simply trusted God that God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. But we pick up right here in the beginning, wheels up. The Lord had said to Abram, every here, everybody here read it. Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed. Come on, say that. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, again, it's a lot of times we read this, and when I tell you that God has incredible things for you, when I make that announcement and say, you know what, God can do some incredible things in your life, through your life, or for your life, there's this thing in all of us that sometimes we are quick to disqualify ourselves from what God wants to do. You know, sometimes we can look at ourselves and realize maybe where we failed, where we've messed up, where our life isn't quite there yet, and feel like, you know what, God, when I get there, you can do that. God, when I get this sorted out, God, maybe you can really do something great with my life, or maybe you could use me if and when. Here's what you need to know is, man, listen, I just believe with all of my heart that when God chose Abraham, it's a way to say God can choose us. Because you may not know this about Abraham, but he was a guy that didn't have his life all put together. God doesn't choose people who have it all together. God chooses people and helps them get it all together. Come on, somebody. In fact, watch this. So this guy by the name of Joshua, he's in the Old Testament too. He's, he's kind of encouraging the nation of Israel. And notice what he says about Abraham. Check this out. He says, long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, which was his uncle, Live beyond the Euphrates River. Everybody say that. And they worshiped other gods. Like God didn't go pick a guy who was going to church and loving Jesus and reading his Bible and was living there. God picked a guy. Listen, 
His historians and archaeologists tell us that the time and the place where Abraham was from, most of them worship, <laughs> most of them worship Neena, the moon god. This guy wasn't even worshiping the one true God. And God said, I can use you anyways. You don't have it all together. I can pick you anyways. God, see, I heard someone say it. I don't know who said it, but God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the call, which means you may not feel like you are set up to be in a place where God can do something in you, but I want you to know God can choose you in spite of you because it's not really who you are. It's who he is. That's why you can do great things in 2019. It's about God's choice. But here's where it kicks in again. His spiritual journey has to be like ours. Again, it's a journey. It's a process. Faith isn't a place where you arrive like, hey, I go to church, now I'm there. Hey, I started reading my Bible, I'm there. Our whole life is a journey. It's a spiritual journey. It's, it's a growth process. It's, the Bible describes it different ways. It says faith upon faith, from glory to glory. Like we keep moving, we keep growing, which means if you're going to get where God has for you, you got to experience some departures in your life. You can't arrive somewhere until first you depart from somewhere. Are you all with me? See, here's what's crazy is there, there are 100,000 flights per day. That's a lot of people coming and going. That's a lot of people leaving one place and going to another place. I'm just telling you, man, God has some place for you in 2019. But you got to be willing like Abraham because what I want you to see is that God told him, he said, hey, listen, I want you to get away from your crazy family. Y'all don't amen that out loud because some of them might be around you. <laughs> he says, you need to get away from your crazy family, your crazy kinfolk, and here's why. This is the most important thing I can tell you. I can talk about why he tells them to leave because he says, I want you to leave your region, leave your religion, and leave your relatives. I want you to leave what's familiar to you, leave your faith, and leave your family because I got something better for you. What I want to talk about for a few minutes is why he tells them to leave the people who are closest to you, and here's why. People who are too close to you can be dangerous for you because they think they have you figured out. People who know you say, this is who you are. This is all you can do. You can do this and not that. You can go here and not there because I know you. I grew up around the block with you. I came up with you. I know who you are. I think I have you figured out. And when you have those kind of people in your ear, they will hold you back and keep you from doing something great. And if you don't think it will happen to you, listen, it happened to Jesus. If it can happen to the God's son, the Savior of the world, you better believe it can happen to you. Here's what I mean, Matthew 13, 58. Here's what it said about Jesus while he was in the midst of his ministry. Watch this. And so he, Jesus, did only a few miracles there where he was from because of their unbelief. When Jesus showed up on the scene back at his hometown, some people said, oh, I know him. He came up with my boy on the soccer field. Oh, he can't be the Messiah. He can't be. I remember Jesus getting in trouble with my boy. I remember they both got suspended one day at lunch. Because they knew Jesus. They thought they knew him. And if you allow some people in your life to stay too close to you, have you figured out, you'll never do what God's called you to do. And so I'm telling you, some of us in this room, the only way you're going to get to the destination that God has for you is if you're willing to depart from some relationships that you're in that are holding you back. One of the greatest decisions I ever made in my spiritual journey was to let go of lifelong friends because I knew I couldn't be who God called me to be as long as I was who they said I should be. Man, I'm preaching y'all way better than y'all helped me today. And I'm just telling you, it's just part of that process. There are times, and the good news is, some of you are like, Pastor, you tell me I got to let go of my friends. I'm not telling anybody you have to let go of anybody. I'm telling all of you that there are some departures in your life that you have to let go of if you're going to be who God's called you to be. And for some of us, that, are, that is relationships. And so the first leg of your spiritual journey is obedience. 
Everybody say obedience. obedience. Wheels up, baby. If you are going to experience wheels up, you just have to be willing to obey. Because here's the crazy thing is, while God, what God calls us all to in our spiritual journey sometimes might seem hard, here's the good news is you can never outgive God. God asks one thing from Abraham and promises him eight in return. Now, I don't know about you guys, but a one-on-eight return is pretty good. He says, if you'll leave your family, your friends, and everything you're familiar with, he gives them eight great promises. I will bless you. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. I'll make your name great. All the families of the earth be blessed to you. Like God goes on and on and on. And ultimately, it's this call and this way of saying, listen, you got to move from where you are to where I want you to be because you can't have what I want you to have where you are. In fact, you're taking notes. You can't stay where you are and have the blessings of where you're supposed to be. Like, man, I wish I had that. I wish I could do that. I wish God would do that in me. I wish my marriage was that strong. I wish financially I was that put together. Well, you can't live where you used to be and have what God wants you to have. We got to move. Everybody say move. We got to have a departure. Come on, wheels up in 2019. We got to move. When I say where, when I say where that we got to move from where we are, for some of us, it is geographically. Some of you got to move out of your mom and dad's basement. <laughs> 2012, from Ohio, born and raised in Ohio, living in Ohio. We're close to our family. I'm close to my family. My wife is close to her family. We get along. We had a successful growing church. Everything was on track from where I thought it should be. Actually, 2011, God spoke to our heart and said, it's time to move. Wheels up. And what I felt like God had for me and had for my ministry and had for our family, I knew I couldn't have where I was at, which means if I wanted to get what God had for me, I had to leave where I was at, which was everything I was comfortable with. And so we packed up everything we had and moved from Ohio to Alabama, to Alabama. <laughs> I said it wrong the first time. Now, for, for some of you who've never, some of you have moved around and you're transient and that's cool. For some of you who've never moved, I'm just, I look back now and think, I did what? I left everybody I knew, all of our friends, all of our family, everything we were comfortable with, and I moved to a place we didn't know anybody, we weren't related to anybody, we didn't have any buddies, friends, pals, or chums, and we came. Do you know why? Because I believe God said, if you'll go where I'm sending you, if you'll go wheels up, I have a destination for you that'll blow your mind, and there's not a day that I don't regret. Come on. I, I don't regret it. I'm glad I followed God. I'm glad. And so for some of you, it is, it is geographically. Some of you need to move. Some of you need to move jobs. For some of you, when I say where, that in order for you to experience, some of you got to go wheels up. You got to move. For some of you, I mean, like relationally, where you are relationally with the people in your life. Some of you, it's financially. You can't have financial stability living on credit cards and always spending more than you take in. Oh, we're getting, we're getting practical in 2019. <laughs> like, man, I wish I was put together like that. Well, you got to live different. You got to go to a different place so you want to experience what God has for you. Sometimes when I say move, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move where your mind is, how you think about yourself, how you think about the God you serve. You gotta move where your heart is. Some of you, man, we have, we carry bitterness, and we carry unforgiveness, and we carry it from year to year. We want a new year, man. Here's a crazy. All of us go into a new year wanting a new year, but we live the old year. You can't walk into a new year and expect something new, carrying old bitterness, old hurt, hanging out with old friends, living old ways, and expect God to do something new. Wheels up in 2019. And so you see God's choice. If God can use Abraham, God can use you. 
but it takes a departure. It just takes that first step of obedience. Now, here's the crazy thing. Some of you who, who may not know this or may not be very familiar with the narrative of Scripture, when you read Genesis 12, you might have the idea that that's the first time that God called Abram. It's almost like God showed up out of nowhere, which really he did, into Abraham's life and picked this guy that should have been unpickable. But really, if you know the narrative of Scripture, this isn't the first time that God told Abraham to leave his hometown. The good news is, <laughs> even the best of us, God has to tell us more than once. Isn't that good news? Like, it's like God looks at us like, how many times do I have to tell you? You know, you get frustrated with your kids. Like, how many times I got to tell you to clean your room? God looks at you and says, how many times I got to tell you to? And it's a lot. In fact, there's a guy in the New Testament. His name is Stephen. Stephen was the first Christian martyr. And he gives us this incredible piece of the puzzle that I don't want you to miss. Here's what it says. Check this out. Acts chapter 7, verse 2 and 3. It says, this was Stephen's reply. Again, he's preaching to this group of Israelites, this Jewish people. He's trying to show them and teach them that Jesus was the Messiah. And he goes back all the way to the family lineage of Abraham. And notice what he says. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. And God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left, uh, left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. Now let me piece this together. Ultimately, scripture tells us and history tells us that Abraham was from this place called Ur. Everybody say Ur. Don't say it like a lion. Like, Ur. No, just Ur. He was from Ur. God said, I want you to leave Ur. I want you to leave your hometown, and I want you to go to a place. I'm going to bless you. That place was called Canaan. Stephen tells us the first time God showed up that he moved from Ur to this place called Haran. Here's why it's important, because our spiritual journey is about leaving where we are and going where we need to be. In our heart, in our mind, geographically, whatever it is, God wants us to experience departures before we can ever inherit arrivals. And so Abraham got the call and said, okay, God, I'm out. And he left Ur, but he didn't go all the way, two steps, come on, to where he was supposed to go. He stopped in Haran, and Stephen said he settled. Everybody say settled. He settled there. See, the reason some of you aren't experiencing everything that God has for you is because you settled too soon. See, the good thing about all of us in our spiritual journey, the good thing about me is I'm not who I used to be. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't do what I used to do. I don't think the way I used to think most of the time on a good day. Oh, come on. If you catch me on the wrong day, at the wrong time, I might look just like the old me. Come on, y'all acting all churched up like, well, praise the Lord, I'm better than that. <laughs> but here's, for real, I'm, I'm not the same person. And so some of us get fooled into comfort because we look and we say, well, I've moved. I'm not who I used to be, but here's what you need to know is you're not where you need to be yet. Just because you move, see, you've, 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 you're living in a terminal. You showed up in a connecting flight and said, well, I've moved, but you're not where you need to be yet. Anybody ever see the, move, uh, the movie with, uh, with Tom Hanks' Terminal? 2004, Tom Hanks, he plays this character. He winds up in an airport for reasons I don't have time to get into. And basically, he figures out how to live in an airport, how to eat, how to survive, how to sleep. Some of you have gotten comfortable because you're like, well, I've changed. I've grown. And that's good news. But I want you to know, you're not done growing yet. You're not done moving yet. 2019 is a new year to experience new things from a God who has great things for all of us in this room and all of us watching online. Here's, here's what's crazy. Watch. Is, again, a lot of names 
in Scripture have meaning and significance. Let me just rattle these off real quick. Some of you are going to phase out here. That's okay. Some of you are going to get this and it'll help you. So he, he was from Ur. Everybody say Ur. He was supposed to go to Canaan. Say Canaan. But he landed in Haran. Here's what these words mean. The word Ur, it means a valley. Nobody wants to live in a valley. Valleys are dark, damp, and dangerous. Everybody's ready to get out of the valley. And so when God said, hey, leave what's familiar, it maybe wasn't so hard. But when he left the valley, when he left Ur, he landed in Haran. You know what Haran means? Haran means mountaintop. Oh, it's so much better on the mountaintop. Think, I have a beautiful view here. Life's good. It's better than it's ever been. Man, I'm so thankful. God's doing great things in my life. I'm such, in such a great place. But God doesn't want you to settle for what's comfortable. See, comfort can be dangerous because you'll think because I'm comfortable, everything is okay. And I'm just telling you, that's not true. In fact, comfort is often the disguise of compromise. If you are too comfortable, it might be because you've compromised somewhere in your life because the word Canaan means humiliation, which means to really do what God's called you to do, to really experience what God wants all of us in this room to experience. It might be hard. It might get uncomfortable before it gets amazing. But if you'll ride it out, if you'll stay on the plane and fight the turbulence, you'll trust the captain in flight. Come on, baby, wheels up. You will land at your destination. But you can't settle for where you're comfortable. You just can't stay there because that's what makes sense. And that's what, I'm just going to stay in the job because it's easy. I'm just going to stay in this relationship. He ain't proposed yet. We've been dating for seven years. Ain't nothing on, but I don't know if I can trust the find. So I'm just going to stay in this relationship because it's comfortable. I'm just going to stay here because it's easy. Easy can rob you from God's best. If the devil can't stop you, he'll get you to settle for something before the finish line. If he can't get you out of the race, he'll move the finish line. Keep running, keep traveling, keep moving to get where God has us because I want for you and I want for us, I want for Faith Church, I want for everybody online what God has for us, to us, in us, and through us in 2019. Is anybody with me? So there's some pushback, though. As we talk about change and we talk about growing and moving and what God wants to do in our lives, again, for all of us in this room, there's this thing screaming in the background, but what about? We all have limitations. We all have challenges. We all have issues. We're married to this person. We have this physical thing. We've got this addiction. We got whatever. Our kids are off the, off the rails, whatever it is. Abraham had a, had a challenge, too. Because God says, listen, I'm going to bless you big time. And the way I'm going to bless you is I'm going to give you some kids. Now, if you're 20-some years old and God says, hey, I'm going to give you some kids, like that should be expected. Them babies should be coming out of the oven any time now. But when you're 75 years old, <laughs> some of you get mental pictures, you need to stop because we're in church. <laughs> and 65, his wife is 65. And so God says, listen, the first leg is obedience. You just got to leave with what you're familiar with. If you'll do the one thing, I'll do eight incredible things. And ultimately, what I want to do in you is I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a huge family, and through that family is going to come the Savior of the world. The pushback is he was way too old. He had a hang-up. He had a problem that he wasn't sure God could overcome. We're going to talk about this problem throughout this series. But let me just say, say, all of us in this room have a pushback. We have a reason why we think God can't. What I want you to know today is this, is that your problem is never as big as God's power. God's power is always bigger than your problem. No matter how big your problem is, God's power is always bigger. And his problem was he was too old. Watch this. Listen to the way Paul describes this. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. 
says, even when there was no reason for hope, I love this. Everybody say these next three words. Abraham kept hoping. If you are going to go where God has for you, experience what God has for you, you can't lose hope. You have to keep hoping. But it hadn't changed yet. He hadn't shown up yet. I've not found my significant other yet. I didn't get the job yet. I didn't walk into the business yet. This thing hasn't happened yet. The ministry opportunity hasn't opened yet. Like my small business hadn't come to pass. Whatever it is, you have to keep hoping. The takeaway from the life of Abraham is Abraham believed God. What God said is bigger than what I can see. What God said is, is more trustworthy than what I feel. What God's declared over my life is more important than what anything anybody else has ever said over my life. I don't care what my parents said, teacher said, friend said, buddy said, chum said. What God said counts the most. Abraham believed God. And he just kept hoping. And says, believing that he will become the father of many nations. Watch this. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about 100 years of age, watch this, he figured his body was as good as dead. Now, I'm going to be honest. I've had some body image issues looking in the mirror. <laughs> Abraham's like, this junk's right here is dead. No, no blue pills 3,500 years ago, people. <laughs> we all laughing at it. I can't help you all know what those are. <laughs> He's like, I'm as good as dead. And then worse, hopefully he didn't say it out loud. He looks at his wife, and so was Sarah's womb. He's like, even if I could have kids, she can't have kids. If she could have kids, I can't have kids. Like this situation, God, you said I'm going to have kids. It's impossible because this body, it's not just in bad shape. It's as good as dead. Gravity's not been kind. Age has been harsh. It's impossible. People don't have kids at 75. People have grandkids and great-grandkids at 75. Whatever your pushback is, God's power is bigger than your problem. And looked at this situation. He just kept believing God. If you're taking notes, last thing you need to write this down. Faith is the fuel of your spiritual journey. Everybody say wheels up. What's going to keep you in the air, what's going to keep you moving forward in your journey in 2019 to get you to your destination is faith. Faith is the fuel. You may not know this about planes and traveling. I shouldn't give you this information because it can be scary. Is that what they do is in order to maximize the profits of the commercial travel industry, is that they'll figure out the average weight of the passengers on the plane. They'll figure out the average amount of luggage the average passenger carries, the weight of the plane, and then they determine the length of travel. What's the minimal amount of fuel we need to put in? Like, they don't feel it. Anybody here, when you fill your car up, like, you get as much gas as you can in. Like, the pump clicks, like, 27 times. Yeah, they don't do that on airplanes. What's the minimal amount, what's the minimal amount of fuel we need to put in this plane to get it safely to its destination? Now, when you just go up and wheels up, and that's how pilots do it, and like land, there's no problem. But I was in a plane one time because of storms. We had to circle for about 45 minutes. And then we got rerouted to another airport. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to go to heaven right now, but I guess the good news is I might be there, oh, about five minutes. <laughs> Because when you run out of fuel, you crash. Now, thankfully, we made it to our destination. But some of you, the reason you're not where and walking in and experiencing what God has for you, it's not because you didn't leave. You did. Like, you made changes and you were repenting. 
Repenting isn't always stop being a sinner. It's change your mind, live different, go a different direction. Some of you started taking those initial steps. And because things didn't happen when you thought or how you thought, you lost faith. And man, you came plummeting out of the air. And I'm telling you, through the journey of 2019, what God wants to do in, through, and for all of us in this room, you got to keep the fuel tank of faith filled. Like, just keep believing God. The takeaway of the life of Abraham is Abraham believed God. And I'm going to do my part, wheels up. I'm going to, I'm going to depart, and God, I'm going, to let carry, I'm going to let you to take care of the rest and get me safely to my destination. Last verse, Hebrews 11:8. Here's our call today. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. And he went, and he went, everybody say it, and he went without knowing where he was going. Wheels up. Wheels up. Father, I pray 2019. There's really nothing special about the year. For a lot of us, it's an opportunity just to look ahead with anticipation of what could be. So, Father, I pray that we would look to you first, to your promises, to our purpose, why we're here on planet Earth. And, God, with anticipation, God, to believe that this is the year that, God, in our spiritual journey, we can arrive at a brand-new destination if we're willing to take that first step of a departure. And so, Lord, I pray you'll speak to every heart today of situations, of attitudes, of relationships, of things they need to depart and leave behind that they can get to the place that God has for them. All over this room, if you're saying, Pastor Steve, like, I'm ready. I want what God has for me in 2019. I'm willing to make a departure. I want to go wheels up in 2019. Come on, if that's you, I want you to throw a hand in the air of faith saying, I'm ready. I want to go. I want to experience. I want to live in all that God has for me. Come on, throw a hand in the air and say, that's me. I'm ready. I'm ready not just to go. I'm ready to arrive. And so, Father, we thank you today for the life of Abraham and more importantly for your faithfulness displayed in his life as an example of what you can do in our life. And so, Lord, through the journey, we pray be with us and help us to be obedient and to fly by faith. Just before we get out of here with every head bowed, every eye closed, just for one more minute, the greatest step you can take, really the first step in any spiritual journey is making sure you're connected with the God of heaven. And we can't make that connection by being good enough on our own. It's only possible That connection, that bridge is only possible through God's son, Jesus. See, the Bible says we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned, and that's separated us from God. And the only thing that can bridge the gap is not us being good enough, not us going to church enough. The only thing that can bridge the gap is not us reaching heaven, but heaven reaching us. And that happened through God sending his son, Jesus, to be not just the Savior, but to be your Savior. The Bible says if we'll put our trust in him, the same way Abraham trusted God, if you'll trust Jesus to forgive you and to save you, in one second, you can become God's kid. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you backslid, 2018, man, is just a blur, and you're ready, man, to, to recommit your life to Christ. You're ready for the journey. If that's you, and you want to say yes to God's grace, you want to say yes 
to Jesus being your Savior. I want you to lift a hand real high in the air. Come on. Today, man, you need to give your life to Jesus. He died for you because he loves you. And all you have to do is say, I need him. Come on, throw a hand real high in the air. Let me see him. A lot of hands. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. You can pray your own way, or you can follow the prayer that I pray, but ultimately don't pray just an empty prayer, just in desperation to God, and he will hear you, and he will answer you, and he will save you. Jesus, I thank you that you love me enough to come and rescue me, that you lived a perfect life, and you died a sacrificial death for me. I put my trust in you to be my Savior, to forgive me of my sin, and to make me your child. I ask you to help me from this day forward to follow you. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees, said amen. Amen. God bless you guys.